listening to For the Love of God Podcast. For the Love of God Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. For the love of God! Man, has it been another week already? Time wow. flies when you're having fun. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, and I didn't mention uh, last week that Nate is back. <laughs> he missed a couple of weeks and uh, he had some overtime, huh? Yep. That's all all, it's all done now? Well, I'm still be working overtime. I just won't have to work as much. Uh, so Okay. Well, welcome back. Robert filled in. He did a pretty good job. Did you listen to his episode? Not yet. I have not. Yeah. We teased you a little bit. <laughs> of course, we also did That's get you. That's probably part of the reason why I didn't listen to it. It's oh, it's very, very minor. Very yeah. minor. <laughs> well, we did call you and, and included you in the episode. Well, so, that's true. You you know, that was that pretty one. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Try to be in a good mood when listen to it. That's yeah. All. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're kidding. It's, we're, we're kidding. Yeah, it's all out of good fun. It was very minor, very minor picking. Um, folks, welcome back. This is Jason, your host of For the Love of God podcast, and I'm here with, of course, Pastor Rick and Nate, and we're ready to go here. We got news with Nate. The Wheel of Games, find out what game we're going to play this week. And our topic today is how does your faith impact your day-to-day, i.e. work, school, friends, um, songs of the week, and pastor's thoughts. So I'd ask you how your week went, but I already know. So, But they don't know. How, how has your week been? Well, you know, so far since last episode, I have to say my week's been pretty well. <laughs> I, I have to say it's been pretty good. It's, yeah, definitely looking up from last week. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nothing bad happened between this week and last week. Nothing at all bad has really happened. I have to admit. It was almost like you didn't even work. <laughs> it's it's almost like, well, yeah, it's just all been. It's, it's like been nothing God. ever, like it didn't even exist. It's, it's just so since the last episode, you hadn't had to go to work at all, right? I mean, that's it's, right. It's a that's great right. Time. Well, you know, going into last week's episode, uh, it was a little rough, but uh, yeah, God has been good. Oh, man. So, folks, we. we we record two episodes a week, so <laughs> there, it's, been, on me. it's been five minutes since the last episode. That's all right. So my, uh, my wife and I have not really done a whole lot of public activities since all this COVID stuff happened. And now that things are kind of opening up again, you're having concerts again, they're allowing you to go to a lot of these activities, but you got to jump through hoops to do it. And I was one of these guys who put my foot down. I was like, I am not taking one of these COVID tests, period. Right. I'm just not. Because right. I do not want to add to the panic that the media is pushing to. I, I do not mm-hmm. want to be a participant of it. Right. Well, I changed my position. Oh. Yeah. My, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Pastor Rick's daughter, Hannah, got us some tickets to a concert. And we're uh, we're going to go. So Aaron and I are going to go to a concert with Hannah. Okay. And um, you have to have a test to get into the venue. Oh. So I am not super happy about it. Well, it's just a test. It's just a test, right? At least you don't have to get the shot to go see it. That's correct. I don't have to get the shot to go see it. Yeah, that that would be a deal breaker there. Yeah, that that would be a deal breaker. Yeah, that would be a deal breaker. But I I did have my my line pushed much further back. (laughs) But I realized that by taking that hard line position 
that I'd be hurting my wife because well, because she wants to go, she wants to go, and it's it's things that would make her happy, right? And so I will I will bend. I mean, I would on this. I, I I haven't taken it, but I would. I mean, it's just a test. Yeah. See, I, actually, I had the experience last week because see, she bought tickets to go to a concert, and last week the friend that she was supposed to go with ended up uh, didn't really bail on her on purpose. She wanted to go with her, but she ended up having to work and she couldn't go. So she's like, Dad, will you go with me? How go. was that concert, Pastor Reg? You know, it wasn't bad. It wasn't too bad. Who I was it again? Myself. Oh, it was not a Christian band. It was not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a, uh, in fact, it wasn't even a band that I would tip. Well, no, that's not true. It, it's an indie group and I like indie groups. I like, I like some indie music. It's a group called Laney. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which it, is really we, impressive. Which is one of their songs here. Which is interesting, yes, because we actually took one of their songs, which sounded, it, you listen to the song, it's like he's talking about God and he does have a belief in God. We know that the lead singer has a belief in God. What, now, you know, he, you can tell just from mean? his concert yeah. that he is not there yet based on what I'm, the fruit I'm seeing, but he's certainly pointing in least the direction and he's open to it. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, he's got an interesting song. Uh, that he actually did at the concert called I Still Talk to Jesus. And the whole song, he's saying, you know, I, I, I do all these things, you know, I, I smoke, I've drank, I've done this stuff that I shouldn't do, but believe it or not, I still talk to Jesus. Now, that does that make him a Christian? No, but... You know, it's where a lot of people are, and he's being honest about it. Mm-hmm. So I, pr- I pray for him. But, you know, as far as the concert goes, it was pretty good. Um, definitely prefer the Christian crowds, though. Um, let's just say there was a lot of things going on around me that I was somewhat uncomfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> But so I, I so, I'm definitely glad that well, you guys get to go see 21 Pilots versus somebody let a skunk in here, right? <laughs> so, but okay. I did take the. I, I guess the moral of the story here is I I wouldn't have went with to get a vaccine, but I did take a test, and it was pretty pretty painless because uh, the first test that I got because I actually did have COVID like a year ago, the first test I got they jammed this sucker like into my brain. Yeah, forget that. And started taking. I think they actually got a little brain matter. Well, now it's different. Now they just they give it the, the fact they the doctor hands me the swab said you're gonna make me do this myself because I thought he you know thought she was gonna make me take it all the way up my brain she goes no 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 she said just take it up about halfway up your nostril and just roll it around a little bit and then do the other one a little bit I'm like cross contaminating nostrils is that safe <laughs> but I did it and it took like seconds and we walked out and everybody was cool and we we were still friends yeah <laughs> I just, anyway what were you gonna say well I was just gonna say that he was saying that he does all these things and but he still talks to Jesus. Yes. I mean, none of us are perfect. Right, right. And, and I mean... Some of us are less perfect than others. Dude. Right. Well, the reason I'm a little hesitant to promote that song is simply this. Uh, I think a lot of times as Christians, we have this tendency to say, well, you know, that's what sanctification's all about. I'm yeah, not... God's not done with me yet. He knows I smoke. He knows I cuss. He knows I do, do these things. And you know what? He loves me anyway, and he's still working on me. Well, that's not taking any kind of responsibility. And that is certainly not the way Paul talked. He says, I, I beat my body into submission and make it do what it should. Else I fear that after teaching all of you, and this is the apostle Paul teaching, who literally was so like filled with the Holy Spirit, people were touching him and getting healed. And he says, I fear that if I don't, I myself, after teaching you, might be disqualified. He says, you know, it's it's the same, the same thing as, um, you know, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think we want to be holy 
as God is holy and we should be targeting that, you know, all the time. Obedience, obedience, not perfection, but obedience. That means I choose to do the right thing. I might slip, but I choose to do the right thing. So I'm a little bit hesitant to promote those kind of songs. However, going back to your original comment, we did actually use a song that they did called You, Mm -hmm. which I'll tell you what, it seemed like he was talking to God. You know, I mean, I'm nothing without you. Could have been a lover, could have been a spouse, whatever, but we changed a couple little words here and there, and we actually do it as a worship song, and it's amazing. It is probably one of my favorite songs that that Hannah sings up there when she does that. That's funny, because I've been backing off. I wasn't sure, so that's good to know. So I guess I'll put it back in the mix again. Yeah, I'd be up for that. um, So the concert I'm going to is also not Christian, although I did go. Well, that's not 100% true. I was going to say that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Who is it? I didn't know if you knew. The the one I'm going to is for 21 Pilots, and it's not, um, I don't, when I listen to their music, it is not obvious that they are Christian. Right. But there is, there is some evidence. 21 Pilots? Yeah. Okay. There is some evidence there that, that, that they're moving in that direction. So. Well, the drummer came out of, uh, what was it? Uh, Oh, goodness. I can't. Oh. Oh, the name is eluding me. He came out of a uh, local band. They're both actually from the Columbus area. Yeah. Oh. He, he, House of Heroes, which was a Christian band. So that's where he came from. And I believe the lead singer is still off and on the worship leader his church. So I yeah. believe they're pretty solid, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that they are or they aren't. I haven't done enough I haven't really looked. Yeah. I haven't looked for any fruit in their life. Yeah, so. That's exactly yeah. where I'm at. I haven't really looked at any fruit other than the lyrics that they sing. Um, but yeah, that's the first concert I'm going to that's not Christian uh, um, in a long time, really. Uh, and then I have Mercy Me coming up a few weeks later. So uh, now there's a there's a blast from the past. Yeah, when are, they were they were pretty. I mean, still are very amazing. I, I they're uh, you know wow. Some of their songs have just been very powerful. We are the body, or we are if we are the body, we are the body. You're yeah. thinking of Casting Crowns. I'm so, not. I'm sorry. I'm talking about. I'm talking about Casting Crowns. No. What, what's the song? Um, oh my goodness. Um, oh my goodness. It's just left me. You can cut that whole part out. I don't remember. What's the name of <laughs> <laughs> the, the the doing a lot of cutting. Heaven. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Thank you. Oh man. Yes, not casting crowns. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can only imagine. And they, do, I've, I mean, I've seen them in concerts, so I know they've got a lot of good songs. But wow. Well, I probably took up way too much time with that little aside. So I apologize. Pilots. What do they do? They fly. They sing. What do they sing? <laughs> do you know any of their songs? <laughs> I, I was watching um, this documentary the other day, and I, I can't remember if 21 Pilots was on it or not, but I hope not. Um, but kind of going to bands that, some bands that are leaning towards Christianity, quotes, air quotes, um, Justin Bieber, for example, has been somewhat converted and has been mm. preaching. There are some signs, kind of like Kanye. Yeah. There, there are some signs. But here, here's what I see. Just give it time. Here's what I see. I see the devil dressed as an angel of light is what I see yeah, with both of them. I, I know that Bieber was connected to Hillsong and Hillsong's preacher was recently faced some really intense allegations of cheating and things like that. Well, gosh. yeah, and he's he's also connected with uh, did I go there? I can, I can cut it if I choose to, I suppose. Um, he's you connected. Have to ask yourself, you probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> I mean, it's a wormhole. Well, I, I okay, so I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna. Pull. I mean, I'm not afraid to go there. You know me. <laughs> I'm not afraid to go anywhere. I just wonder if we have. I, I, I'm not. We're not even on topic yeah, yet. Jay. We don't have the time. <laughs> 
Well, let me let me pull a Nate here. I think we do have to be careful, and 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 I'm I'm serious about this. We have to be careful when it comes to um, musicians, uh, especially musicians writing songs. We hear them sing about Christianity in one song, or about Christ or Jesus, or they say the word Jesus, and we immediately get on the bandwagon, and then we just fall hook, line, and sinker, you know, into it and start absorbing all their music, and that can be a mistake. At the same token, we certainly can't rule it out either because God does move. You know, I mean, I, we've had people like um, um, Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. uh, Dave, what is it, Dave Mustaine? Mm-hmm. Dave, yeah, Dave uh, Mustaine. From uh, Anthrax? Men- Megadeth. Megadeth, I'm sorry. Yeah, Casting Crowns, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, all the same. Yeah, a huge transversion. Right. Well, the Alice Cooper grew up in a very strong Christian home, and it's been a Christian for a long time, and he just lives a separate life, his musician life and his real life, which is a Christian. His father, which you probably know, I think is a pastor. Will Rogers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, Mr. Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. That's his dad. That's his dad. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I'm not sure about it. No, 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 it is. Fact checking. Go ahead. The reason being, because if we got to cut this, we don't want you to look bad here. (laughs) Go ahead. Look it up. Um, I was thinking of the guy also, what's the guy from corn? Um, somebody, the head, uh, John, Welsh. uh, uh Welsh. somebody, the head Welsh. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, I know he's done, he's, he's done some, he's done uh, Christian albums and everything. Yeah. I've heard him speak. Yeah. Um, and he, he's, you know, shares a pretty powerful testimony. Right. So it certainly happens, but I think we just got to be careful. We got to look for fruit and over the long haul, but you know, um, and also we've got to be careful sometimes to crucify some Fred. Christian artists. <laughs> we we got to be careful. His father to, was a pastor. Fred Rogers, right? <laughs> well, Mr. Rogers was a pastor. He was in a... Yeah, he was a pastor. What was he? He was a... It's Fred Rogers. Not Episcopal. What was he? It's left me. I, f- I feel like we would know that. I feel like that would be such common knowledge. Or maybe I just don't float in those circles. I don't know. Brian, the head Welsh. That's his name, I think. Just came to me. This is going to be cut anyway, so I can just sing. It might not be. Well, part of it is. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to... I'm going to have my work cut out for me this episode. Right. I think that fact check was worth it. Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood... Well, if you go to his wiki page, it's who is Alice? Son. Who is Alice Cooper's dad on Answers.com? Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Really? It says here. Are you, co- uh, you what is the word, corroborate, cor- cor- corroborating? I always say that word wrong. It's kind of like pasture. Are you corroborating that story, Nathan? I am not. Because you are both just totally into intense studying right now. <laughs> I'm just watching the sparks fly. Uh, I'm actually trying to find the information and it's not clear. I would think if you went to his wiki page, Page. Usually it mentions dad or whatever. Or if you go to Fred Rogers wiki page, I'm sure it would mention son, you know, daughters, sons, a lot of them do. He was born as Vincent Damon Fernier. Yeah. Mr. Rogers? No. Alice. Alice. Oh, Alice. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't know either. Personal life. I feel like that would have came out in that movie. Didn't they do a movie about that? with uh, Rob, Mr. Rogers? Yeah. Tom Hanks was in it. Played Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see that movie. I think I have seen it. it was I, a I know Michi- I have. A pastor I in Michigan by the name of Ether Moroni Fernier. Oh. I wonder where that Probably. I wonder where that rumor came from. Yes. Yeah, it's rumors get fueled. Rumors get fueled. <sighs> you got to be very years. careful. Well, I don't go around telling people. Right. Well, see now you except you for on your that. podcast. <laughs> well, we're thousands and thousands of people. Here you say it. That's an easy remedy. <laughs> okay. Now where were we? I have no idea. Uh, it's um. Let's just. Oh my gosh. Let's just play the news.
So I've got a question for you guys. Shoot. Have you ever been a person who ever played with a uh, metal detector before? No, I wish. I wanted, When I was a kid, I thought that was so cool. But no, but a good, one. good, good friend of mine is like in Metal Detector Magazine. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like... There's a Metal Detector Magazine? There's a magazine for everything, man. That's true, there is. Wow. Um, yeah, he's a huge Metal Detector person. And I used to run a coin shop. And uh, I did not know this about you. There's a lot you don't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> he was the editor in chief of uh, of Metal Detector Magazine. <laughs> um, yeah, I ran a coin shop for a while, and um, I was actually half owner of it. And um, he was one. He was a everyday customer. We became friends. He rode a bike. We went riding our Harleys together, and and just hung out. And he was an older gentleman, probably in sixties. And, uh, yeah, well, that's it. So there are, uh, <laughs> that's my story. I've, I've actually, I've, I've got a couple of friends who've been into this particular uh, thing where they would search for things. And one guy found a ring that belonged to his parents that was lost at a family uh, property from like their high school ring from like 40 years ago and found it because of a medical wow. detector, which is a pretty cool thing. But, um, sometimes you find some really cool stuff. Now, the story I have to share today actually has nothing to do with metal detectors, but it does have <laughs> something to do with finding things. Okay. Okay. So recently there was a sword found in Israel that is 900 years old. That was a crusader sword mm. from the crusades. So they didn't use a metal detector is what you're telling me. That's correct. Okay. That was actually found by a scuba diver. Ah. And they got a picture of it on here where it's in, it's, it's encrusted with a whole lot of, um, like uh, sea life, you know, it's got like barnacles. shells and yeah, barnacles yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff like that on it. But otherwise, the sword is in really good condition. And it dates back to um, the Crusader period. It was found by a, a scuba diver. And it is a, so he was a, just swimming in the local bay when he noticed it on the bottom with a lot of like broken pottery just being whopped by the waves. So he, if you don't grab it, it's going to get taken out to sea. It's going to get covered over again. You know, the, those, the bottom of the sea is constantly changing. So this is actually something that's really cool because I'm I've always been a big fan of the Crusades and most of the time people are not taught about this period of t- of time very much. So if you ever really want to dig into it, I highly recommend it. It's very interesting. But the idea of finding a Crusader sword in Israel is pretty cool, and I just had to share that with everybody. That would be pretty amazing. cool. You know, I that w- it, I can just imagine what that would feel like because when I was a kid, I didn't mess with metal detectors, but what I did do, I grew up in Bucyrus, Ohio, and if you know anything about that area. It was, uh, it, there was a lot of uh, Native American activity, uh, you know, back several years. I don't remember exactly the years, um, but anyway, um, there are, a, if you look, there are still a lot of arrowheads to be found. And so I used to go out with a friend of mine and we would just walk through fields, especially right after, you know, they tilled it in the spring, getting ready to do their thing. We'd go out and walk. And it was just, it it was frustrating because you would walk for, you know, hours and obviously not find anything. But I'll tell you what, every blue moon, and I found some pretty awesome stuff, like a spearhead or whatever, you would find something and it would just, you'd be electrified. Just, wow, I can't believe I found it. And you have to show it to everybody, you know? Mm So I can't even fathom being, not even looking and just finding something that awesome. That'd be really cool. There is a, when I was, when I was in the Boy Scouts as a kid, I uh, went to the field of Gettysburg 
and we, we walked the battlefield, and you can still find bullets in the battlefield even today. Oh, what yeah. Was this? I'm sorry? In Gettysburg, yeah. Okay. This, my friend goes to... Um, now, you're not allowed to keep them, by the way, but you can find them. <laughs> really? He, he goes to sites where they had, like, the war... Confederate war and, and stuff was battled. And um, he's got this big thing. I don't know. I can't remember this. John something, this famous soldier. Um, he's he's finding buttons from their uniforms and stuff. and Nice. Coins that they had back then and, and whatnot. Wow. Interesting. That's but um, I, I have this urge to go air hunting now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wow, think I've ever... Is- <laughs> I've bought arrowheads from people, but I've never found one. I used to have a whole collection, but somehow it got. Um, never I really just, looked either. Yeah, when I went over overseas uh, in the military back in the eighties, uh, when I came back, somehow it got misplaced. My mo- my mother's basement actually flooded, and I think a lot of stuff got pitched, ruined. But yeah, so I don't have a lot of memoirs from my childhood. I'd love to have that collection though, because that's pretty cool stuff. Well, the closest thing I've ever come to looking for was shark's teeth on the beach. Uh, that's probably the closest thing I've come to it. <laughs> that's still that's still kind of cool yeah you can find little tiny ones pretty right rather frequently but the baby teeth fall out yeah uh, the bigger ones are hard to find. Right. Um, something else I was found in Israel. And now one of the things that's, that, that that they need to rebuild the temple is how the bricks were made in the original. And no one really knew it's been buried. Well, God has revealed the original stone um, and they found them under the ground. And now they know how the bricks were made and laid and everything for the temple. So because they have to, it has to be exact. And uh, God's like, he knows it's coming. So he's like, here you go. Here's how you build those. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's all I got. So I just really wanted to share something I found pretty cool so in the news. The Crusaders, who was that? The Crusade. You don't know who the Crusades I mean, maybe. What the Crusades Remind me. You know, there was a quartet that used to come to my church and sing. <laughs> it was called the Crusaders. Uh, that's not what you're talking about. So when the Islamic um, took over, when, when, when those who were under... I, I, okay, how do I how do I say this? When Islam conquered Jerusalem, okay, the there was a group of people that were called the Crusaders who were sent from England to go take it back. Uh. That's probably the simplest possible answer I can give you, but it gets into like the Templars and the Knights, uh, Teutonic Knights, and things like that. I mean, there's so much history there, right? And it's it's so deep and rich to learn about. I never got, I never dove into history much. Just highlights and major important things. Um, but that's interesting. Uh, the closest I got to Templar was um, that video game. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yes, uh, that's a good source of history there. But, good source uh, of history. Hey. Right. That is All actually right. a terrible source of history. I will throw that out there. It okay. probably is. And I am a video gamer and have played all of them. They're a <laughs> terrible source of history. They're fun, though. They are. I mean, some, somewhat. There's a lot of bugs. Anyway, we, it's, 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 let's play a game. Notice there's a lot of rabbit trails this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to do that. I was every thinking, other oh, it's six thirty. So. We can get done in a decent time tonight. But then the rabbit trails come and spin the wheel. 
Multiple choice. Multiple choice. Yeah. So who's playing today? See, Nathan was out two weeks, so he hasn't played. Yeah. I think it's time for you and uh, Nate to go head to head. What do you think? It's been a while. It has been a while. All right. Are you up for such a thing? Whatever you want to do. I'm down. Downtown, you got some questions? Downtown Julie Brown. Do I know how to read this? Because, see, I didn't do a very good job last time when I had to do this. I'll try, though. All right. All right. So we're going to do how many questions a piece? Um, five each? Five that, sounds good. Five yeah. sounds good? Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, well, who goes first? <laughs> Spin the wheel. <laughs> Spin you. the mouse. That's we're you. both going to get five questions, so it's it doesn't you. matter. It doesn't matter. Nathan goes. All right. First. Nathan goes. All right. A certain event involved 250 bronze sensors. They were all burned, beaten, broken, or buried. A certain event. A certain event involved 250 bronze sensors. Now, this is Bible trivia, right? I hope so. (laughs) It shows Bible uh, symbols here. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. I'm going to assume burned, but I'm not 100% certain. certain. And that is not correct. It is apparently... Okay, where's the answer to this? It is... They were beaten into plates. So I guess beaten. I have no idea what I was talking about, what time or a certain. It's event. number 1638. They were beaten into plates for a covering for the altar. They were not burned. Their owners were. Yeah, that's that's like that's like All right. Leviticus type stuff. Moving on. Yeah. Now, what do I hit? What do I hit here? I'll that, take the okay. L on that one. All right. Which psalm has the Lord is my shepherd? I shall lack nothing. Psalm 5, 19, 21, or 23? Oh, it's going to be a guess, so I'll say, go see. Psalm 21. 23. That is, that is not correct. It's 23. You were so close. I was about to say 23. I was about to say it, but I went with C. All right. Zero to zero. Moving on. He who doesn't blank doesn't know God, for God is love. Pray, forgive, obey, or love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Number one answer. All right. One to zip. And back to you, Jason. He who doesn't love. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That is the answer. Let's try that again. A blameless and upright man with seven sons and three daughters. He was quite rich, too. Abraham, Noah, David, or Job. A blameless and upright man with seven sons and three daughters and quite rich. That would be ooh. Abraham, Noah, David, or Job. You got this, man. Job wasn't rich, but he had 10 kids. Um, Noah had three. What were the other two people? Abraham, uh, Abraham, David and... Abraham and David. Abraham and David. Um, was Job rich? <laughs> I don't think so. He had a pretty hard life. Okay, uh, He was exceedingly rich. Was he? I'm going to go with Job. <laughs> Wowzers. I tried to give you a hint. Yeah. So I was bad. like, I thought you were going to say it. I'm like, yes, go, go, no, go, go. And then you're Abraham. like, oh, he wasn't. Yeah, it was. It Father was Abraham. Is it was a man him? in the land of us whose name was Job. Well, I knew he had 10 kids. This so man I was, was leaning towards Job. And one who feared God and turned away from evil. All right, Job one. All right. All right. One okay. one. Is it one to one? Is it Job? It is Job. Oh, I thought it was going for Abraham. Um, no, it was one. It was Job. Was that your hint was for Abraham? Well, I was thinking it was oh. Job, but I, I, then I was starting thinking of the song of uh, Had Many Sons and Many Sons had father abraham so i was like trying to sing oh, that to throw you yeah, off yeah i never heard that song before <laughs> i see how you are here you go nathan after jesus preaching often the jews wanted to kill him what was the most common attempt 
stoning, sword, cliff, or crucifixion? Read the question again. After Jesus' preaching, often the Jews wanted to kill him. Yeah. What was the most common attempt? Stoning, sword, cliff, or crucifixion? I feel like I'm reading way too much into this, so I'm going to go with crucifixion. Cliff. Stoning was the traditional Stoning. method used <laughs> by the Jews for capital punishment. That it was sense. abolished about 30 AD. I don't, I didn't understand the framing of the question. Like, okay, yeah, I know you wanted to kill him. But I, I never I, heard anybody ever say they, yeah, they wanted I, to stone him. Nobody was ever attempted to stone Jesus, though. So that's why I was, I was thinking, off. Yeah, I was thinking Cliff, like, reference John 11 8. <laughs> Push him John off. John 11 8. Well, they All might right. have wanted well, to stone You can look that up while yeah. Jason is answering the next question. It is now two to one. You can catch back up here. How many children did Job lose during a storm? Three, five, seven, or ten? How many children did Job lose during a storm? Ten. Oh, wait. That is correct. Yes. Too late. You can't change it. You're already right. Two to two. All right. And I have asked you three. That was my so, yeah. All right. So here we go. Four. Nathan, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, became obedient to blank. Yes, the blank of the cross. Death, sin, shame, suffering. Death. That is correct. Two, two. No. I got three to two. To two. two. Three to, you, you had, three to two. That was I your got, fourth question? That was my fourth question. I got one wrong. So it's three to two. Right? Oh, you got one wrong? Yeah. Three to two. You did too. We both yeah. got the first question wrong. That was wrong. zero, zero, and yep. then one, one, and then... No, we got the first... We three both to got two. The first That's, question I'm going to make the command decision. You got the first question two. wrong? Yeah, you did too. Yeah. And, right. And then you got the second question right. Yeah. Third question was right. the last one. Yeah. Which was... That one. That was your third question? Yeah. Now you're going to go with your oh, next okay. question. This and you got it wrong? No, that was fourth. So it was three to two right now. You got your you got your third question wrong too. Huh? Did I? Yeah. What was my third question? Oh no, <clears throat> it was. You got two right. All right, I've so got two it's, right. It's two, two, right. Two, two to two. Two to two. I stand corrected. It's I okay. really thought he was right. He convinced me. I'm a terrible host. I know. You've never. <laughs> <won me. laughs> then again, in my defense, you've done this before. You too. should do this. I, oh, I know. I'm guilty. <laughs> guilty as charged. All right, two to two. Here we go. All right. You're, this is your chance to get ahead on your fourth question. What did Naomi, Naomi sell? What did Naomi sell? A sandal, land, barley, birthright. Barley. Naomi, who has come back out of the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land, which is our brother Amalek's Ruth 4 2. Uh, so that so puts I have a you, chance to take you, the lead. You here. got a chance to take the lead, but then he has a chance to defend. So up, here yeah. you go. Last question. But the. Oh, goodness you got a gift here but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faith blank and self-control gentleness knowledge prosperity wisdom wisdom gentleness that is correct here you go let's hope you also get a gift I doubt then, it. then do we have to go to sudden death or we just tie sudden death all right moses sent out his spies to explore the promised land how many spies were there two ten twelve or forty forty <laughs> Too many. 12 spies 12 spies One good try the tribes of israel and yeah. the winner is nathan oh, yeah. jewel congratulations sir good job sorry sorry you probably only lost because of my like poor win, hosting if i'm honest that did not feel like a win <laughs> <laughs> most of the times i win i never think i uh, deserve to win but oh well that was brutal moving right along all right folks time for the topic which is, how does your faith impact your day-to-day? Like at work, if you're at school, if you're around your friends, etc. Well, I'll kick off this topic since I think Nathan's kicked off the last topic. Um, this is a really, really important concept, I think, for all of us as Christ followers. Um, I think too long 
we have gotten in our current culture anyway, and probably over the last 20, 30 years, it just seems like it's getting worse, that church is something that we do on Sunday, and we put on our best Sunday clothes, we go and we worship, we say some amens, hallelujahs, and then often we go out of the building and forget what we learned, and we just kind of do whatever. Um, we don't want to talk about our faith. We don't think about things. And if we do, it's still in the comfort and privacy of our own home. We might go into our prayer closet and pray a little bit or pray before bed. Um and read the Bible, but it doesn't really have any major impact in the rest of our life. And I, I don't know that that is, uh, I, I don't know that we can even call ourselves Christ followers by doing that. It's it's kind of what I call practical atheism. You know, we're, we're saying we believe in God, we're pretending he doesn't exist. Why are we doing that? Because we're not living the way he asked us to live. We're not trusting him. We're not doing those things he's called us to do. We're not avoiding those things he told us to avoid. Um, so I think it's important. In fact, a few years ago, I remember, and I mean, it's going to be kind of obvious, but I hope I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, someone ran for uh, public office and a lot of people got excited about this person running for office. And so I started, I thought, well, okay, you know, let's see what he's all about. And so I started to do a little digging and I came across a a clip, I guess it was, maybe it was on T, I don't remember, but a clip where he was talking and he said, yes, I am a Christian. But he said, that has absolutely nothing to do with my political office. You know, I, I, you know, I go to church, I do those things. That's my private life. But in, you know, in the office, I am simply a political figure. And immediately I realized he was not the person I was going to vote for because I believe there's got to be a congruency between our, is that the right word I'm looking for? Congruency between our life. There's got to be a, that's right. the right word. That sounds right. It's right got to be, we've got to be uh, integrated. It's, it's flow into uh, one, one to another. That, yeah. There's another right. word I'm looking for and it's not coming to me. It starts with an I, I think. Uh, integrate. It, well, I said integrate. Oh, you said Those, integrate. Yeah. It's got to be a, yeah, uh, it might come to me. But yeah, there's got to be, it's got to be our faith becomes who we are. When we become a Christ follower, we are to imitate Christ. Paul said, I imit- imitate me as I imitate Christ. First uh, John, I think it's chapter two. I don't remember the exact verses. I think it's like one through three, maybe. Um, we are told that we are to be obedient, and that's how we know that we're Christians. And if we call ourselves Christ followers, we should live our life as Christ did. What does that mean? I believe that that means do it, focusing on what he focused on. And what did he focus on? He focused on building the kingdom in strength and in numbers. That's what he did. And that's what he commanded us to do. Now, one might say, well, how does, how can I do that? I still got to work. I still got to go to school. I still, it, it kind of goes back to seeking first the kingdom, right? He says amongst believers, it should be seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. Now, does that mean we don't go to work? No, that means that we, our focus is seeking the kingdom, but we do all these other things because obviously we have to live. I got to work a job. I mean, Paul was a tent maker. But he wasn't all about making tents. We don't read anything much about, you know, how excited he was about building tents. But he had to because he had to live. Mm-hmm. But yet his focus was was building the kingdom. He said, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for doing those things that Jesus called me to do. And that is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. 
So, uh, you know, and that is a different way of thinking. You see, we start thinking that way and now it changes everything we do. It changes our friendships because we're going to either A, spend the most amount of time with those people who can encourage our faith, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know that, you know, our friends can either build our character or lead us astray. Also, we might, we might be strategically picking friends, maybe not our best friends, but friends, uh, but people that we can hang out with that don't know Christ so that we can witness to them. Right. When we go to work, we're not, we're not just thinking, making a living. We're thinking, I got to set an example. I got to be Jesus's hands and feet today. I got to be Jesus's representative because I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So what these people in the workplace, what they think about Jesus will depend on what they see in me. And so it changes the way I live, right? I don't believe it's possible to truly be a Christ follower and have that dichotomy, that divided life where you're one way on Sunday and another way during the week. Right. So I think it should impact every moment of your life. In fact, the Bible says this. It says, everything you do should be done to the glory of God. Now, what the way I interpret that is a very literal translation. Everything I do ought to bring glory to God. Everything I do ought to make people or myself glorify God. People ought to look at me and say, you know what? I want your dad because he's pretty cool. I see what he does to you. I see the joy he brings to you. I see the blessings he gives you. I see the direction he gives you. He keeps you out of trouble. You know, I, the peace that you have, it's amazing. And I want your dad mm-hmm. being our heavenly father is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I guess when you ask that question, I think it should have all the impact in the world. Jesus ought to change the way I do everything, even play games, you know, yeah. the way I, the, you know, whether I'm a sore loser or not, the way I approach games, not cheat at games, <laughs> yeah. the amount of gaming I do. Oh, that stomps on some toes, you know, I mean, cause if I'm a Christ follower, I know that, yeah, I, I, it's okay to relax, but I can't make that my life. Right. Yeah. I play games a lot less now, like once a week instead of every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes once every two weeks. Yep. Um, played yep. the last couple of days though. Got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. So I was like, oh, dive in a little bit. Have some fun. That been is playing, a, that been is, playing golf. <laughs> that, is a fr- <laughs> that is a Friday night thing. You know, it's like after I busted my rear all week long, you know, <laughs> ministry almost every night, whatever. It's like that little half hour to, to hour that we play this week. We actually did, um, what would you deer? Oh, no, not deer. It's a hunting game. Right. So I was uh, I was hunting mainly bison. Shot a lot of bison. <laughs> no bison were injured in the making of this podcast, just so you know. Yeah. So a lot of people might be asking, what does that look like? I mean, I go to work. How do I be like Christ? Well, you approach everything with kindness and love. And Jesus said his second commandment is love others such as your as yourself. So if you're going to work and being hateful and talking about going out and getting hammered this weekend and so many um, examples I can come up with, but when you live for Christ, you talk with kindness and love and you, you put away those things. You don't go get hammered on the weekends and you, you are, are slow to anger and you just live your life with more light. And we're, I mean, talking about religion at work is usually frowned upon by the employers. Um, so you don't want to break company policy, but <clears throat> you certainly can find those people that may need Jesus and take them out for coffee, have a conversation with them. Right. You don't have to do it at the workplace, but you live, 
you're, you're at the workplace with, with the light of Jesus, with the, the, the walk he walks, the straight and narrow. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't steal. You can take somebody out to lunch. You can talk to him at lunch. Exactly. Well, you know, and you can actually, you can cultivate and you can prepare for that lunch just at the workplace without ever mentioning Jesus's name. You can serve them. Right. You can, I mean, it's going to be things that are going to bless the company and make them happy. Right. Serve them, uh, encourage them, help them, you know, be positive around them again, really set yourself up, be that salt and light in the workplace. And then when you invite them out for lunch, you have more power in what you say. Correct. You've earned the right to be heard. Correct. And you give them a reason to want to learn, want to listen. Right. I mean, when you see an example, when you see somebody setting an example that is positive, that you want to be part of, it's it's addicting. It's addicting to see people that are happy and smiling and, and positive all the time because there's so much negativity everywhere. And when you finally see somebody that is good and has good qualities and good things to say and never is really down about anything, you want to find kind of dig in and see what's driving them. Right. We did a uh, we did a message or I did a message on on Sunday and I'm actually doing part two this coming week. And we were talking about um, the 12 characteristics of an effective Christian. And I uh, ran across a couple of videos that I showed as or I showed one last week. I got one that coming up this week. And uh, the guy was asked a question in this week's video. Um, he was asked, he said, are you, well, he was asking for guidance and wisdom on what he should do in his upcoming career because he just graduated college. And he said, well, since you're a minister, he's like, what are you talking about? Or no, he said, since you're in full-time ministry or something like that. And he's like, what? He said, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're, you're a Christ follower, right? Therefore you're in full-time ministry. Since you're in full-time ministry, you have to decide what job would help you to do ministry the best. You know, what would be most conducive to God's plan for your life? You know, what if we, I, I think that too often we're, we're quick to leave churches because of jobs. We're, we're, we're too quick to leave ministry positions and, and, uh, and volunteer whatever positions at our church because of, of work. But what about changing jobs because of your ministry? What if, what if we were, what if we were focused on our ministry and everything else supported that? Cause, uh, I, I really do believe that God has called us all into full-time ministry. That's one of the reasons why I never say, even though I'm a pastor, I never tell people, well, I've been called into ministry. Well, that's true, but so has everyone, everyone else who's a Christ follower. We're all called to full-time ministry. Now it looks different. Some are going to be pastors. Some are going to be school, you know, children's ministry teachers, Sunday school teachers, worship leaders, you know, worshipers. Some are just going to be involved in disciple making because we're all called to do that, right? We've all been given the, the ministry of reconciliation, which is making disciples. So all of us have that ministry. It's just going to look different. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if what if we all changed our focus and made that our focus? Because that's, I mean, over and over, we're told to do that. Jesus said it many times. Um, we were told that by the Apostle Paul. I mean, really, the whole New Testament kind of has this, this resounding theme that we are to be ministers of Jesus Christ and everything else kind of is secondary. Seek first the kingdom and then all this stuff you're that the pagans worry about, That God's going to take care of it. You just focus on me, focus on my kingdom, focus on righteousness, and I'll make sure you got everything you need. Yeah. And if our foot, what if we all as Christians, Christ followers would, would make that our focus? How much could we change? How much could God through us change the world? 
Right. But it's a different way of thinking. You know, we've gotten away from that. Uh, I know when I was a child going to church, it was basically all about the pastor and a handful of people. There was a pastor, there were some elders, a handful of elders, there was a worship leader, there was a couple of musicians and a couple of Sunday school teachers, and that was it. Everybody else just came and did everything. You know, it came and sat in the pews, listened, their amens, gave their tithes, <laughs> raised their hands a couple times in worship, and they went home. And that was it. And if somebody had to visit, you know, if there was somebody needed church, uh, I'm sorry, hospital visitation, if somebody needed a visitation in the home, if somebody needed encouraged, if somebody needed prayed over, it was all the pastor. And, you know, the Bible says that uh, a pastor's job is to train and equip the people to do the Lord's work. That means me as a pastor, I'm not supposed to be doing everything and trying to steal all God's blessings. You know, I'm supposed to train and equip everybody who goes to church to do the work of God. That's and 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 promote them to build the church. That's mm-hmm. my job and that's my role. So we're not all going to have the same roles, but we do have the same full-time responsibility. And I believe we can all do that. And we can do it wherever we are. We can do it, you know, on the football field, we can do it at the bowling alley, <laughs> we can do it when we're getting our hair cut. You know, in fact, if you strategically pick who cuts your hair, where you shop, where you buy your coffee. You can really do a lot of ministry without ever walking into a church. Yeah. Now you work at home. I do. So you don't get to interact with people. Not as much. I used to work in the office until this uh, COVID stuff hit. Now, were you able to reach anybody when you were in the office at all? Did you attempt to? Um, I've I've had some conversations. Um, My wife and I actually invited a a coworker over for dinner one time, Mm -hmm. and uh, that hasn't materialized yet. But the offer has been made, and just continue building relationships that way. Yeah. Um, Took my boss out to lunch one time. And had a conversation and was very subtle about it, but trying to build something. And, um, but I let my behavior speak at the office. I'm not, I'm not a difficult person to work with. Right. So, but I'm also, I will not bend on right and wrong. Right. And I do my best to accept feedback as best as I can. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're home, I mean, that is, that's a little difficult. I mean, you know, that's not much you can do, mm-hmm. but even then, you know, can you still be involved in ministry? Well, sure. Cause well, you're, yeah. you're still going to talk to people on the phone. You can encourage people in even in emails. Uh, and I try to, I reach out, you know, I, you know, I always, try, it's funny. Somebody told me, he said, uh, here at the office, he's like, you know, wow, you have a way of, of wording things. And really it's just a matter of, I always start my email off by encouraging them. And I always close by encouraging them. No matter what I have to say, it could be negative. It could be like, I got to chew them out. Or, yeah, well, I usually don't do that via email, but you know, try to get them on the right track. But I'm always like, I close and open with something very positive and let them know that I care about you as a person, you know? Yeah. And you can do those little things. It's a sandwich effect, actually. You're right. There's a name for that. The Oreo cookie approach. Right. (laughs) You know, you did really good in this part. Right here, you need some work, but keep up the good work in this area. Right. Right. But I think there's all kinds of ways we can, you know, we can kind of have that positive effect on people and earn the right to be heard. Now, you know, and if a person like you, you know, that works from home, obviously you're not going to come in contact with a lot of people. It's not, you can't really go out to lunch with people, but you can make relationships with people. You can, you know, encourage them via email. You can just do your job to the absolute best, which is what we're supposed to do, right? That's part of our ministry. Everything sure. we do should be done as if we're serving the Lord because he's the one who's going to reward us. And so, you know, and, he, and that was told to slaves who can't even choose what they do. So that's obviously a way to serve the Lord. Um, but then that just means, you know, we might need to a person like yourself that's working from home. And I, I speak to, you know, all the, all of you who may be out there doing the same thing, working from home, 
or maybe you're a stay-at-home mom or dad who can't get out all the time, there's still ways to do ministry, you know, in your evening time because we still all have to get haircuts. We still got to go to the grocery store. We still got to get gas. We're still going to buy ice cream and coffee, you know, and we're still going to take our kids to the ball field. We're still going to go out, you know, to events. It's just a matter of being very strategic in those areas. So don't be discouraged if you are a stay-at-home mom or dad or you're working from home. There are plenty of ways to do ministry. And I just encourage you to, to think it through, be creative and pray. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at, if you had a camera, (laughs) my kitchens are known to be very raunchy, right? Um, and we're talking your chef's kitchen where you work kitchens in general. Okay. Restaurant, restaurant kitchens can be raunchy, very raunchy. Oh, it's a very, Uh, I mean, you think of Gordon Ramsay and the way he talks to people. (laughs) I mean, it's, well, you know, sadly enough, I don't know who Gordon Ramsay is. Who's Gordon Ramsay? Hell's kitchen. Are you? uh, Yeah. I don't have a clue. Sorry. Okay. That's odd. Is that a TV (laughs) thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know. He's have like that. the biggest name in chefs out there, pretty I'm, much. I'm so sorry. It's no problem. I, I apologize. Not, not, not hurt my feelings. <laughs> you might be hurting his feelings. <laughs> sorry, guy. Any, anywho, um, it's a night and day difference between pre Christian and post Christian as far as me being in the kitchen. Your um, kitchens. Yes, I got you. Just the uh, post or pre was raunchy jokes and inappropriate behavior and getting mad about everything and yelling at people and no compromise and and whatever and post is no foul language no dirty jokes um everything is fine we'll handle it it just complete 180 man i just wish this was like television right now or youtube channel or something because then we could say now little did he know that last week we followed him around and (laughs) here's a video of jason at work wouldn't it be cool yeah um, my coworkers knew me, my employees and my coworkers knew me through the transition because I worked at the same place pre and post and can totally see the different. I mean, they act different towards me because of that's actually very powerful because of the fruit. Yeah. Um, they, so you're saying you're a little fruity. They, <laughs> they, um, but, um they'll correct themselves. They'll apologize if they say a bad word they you know and um <laughs> yeah just all kinds of things i mean instead of metal music coming out of the kitchen now it's christian music <laughs> it's just a totally wow. different environment <laughs> and um i just approach everything lovingly and encouraging and um i honestly it's made me a better manager because i work as christ would want me to Right. So, you know, interestingly enough, I, it, I don't really think about these things much, but it's just, it's kind of ironic. And I feel like I'm going to have to share this because I feel like it's a God thing, but, um, you don't always think about how you come across to people, you know, e- even when you're trying to, you know, be a good ambassador of Christ, you kind of get lost in the moment sometimes and you don't realize what kind of impact, but literally, uh, this week, as I said early well, in last week's show, which was just an hour or two ago, uh, I said, uh, that, you know, I had a couple of hard days. Even in those hard days, I had two people who didn't really know me for very long. They just, you know, they've gotten to know me because they're new hire. One's a new hire. Actually, they're both new hires. And they both have interacted with me with different ways. And I had two people both come to me and say, you know, thank you so much for being, you know, so helpful and understanding. And like, you're really a nice person. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I mean, I, it was totally unsolicited, you know, but I'm, I, and I stopped for a moment. And one of these people, I, I think they might be Muslim that I just hired. And so, you know, whole different 
And I'm like, you know, this is an opportunity here, right? That that's just kind of came about. And she's already saying, you know, there's, she, you know, without saying it in so many words, she's saying, man, there's something different about you. And I'm like, you know, hopefully that will give me an opportunity at some point to have a conversation with her. So right. listeners pray, stay tuned. Now, friend, do you have friends outside of church? No, I don't have any friends. Well, I see, and I believe that about Nick. No, I don't. I, I, I the only admit. people I know is the people I go to church with and people I work with and yeah. my wife. That's I it. I have to admit, I keep my circle pretty small. Yeah. I got um, a couple buddies. Yeah. I never see them. Matter of fact, Monday, the 1st of November, I'm going to go to one of theirs. He has a podcast too. I'm going to be on his podcast. Really? Yeah. And I want to use this opportunity to share Jesus with him. What's the podcast And everybody about? that listens to What's his show. What's the focus of the podcast? It's a... Um, he does like movies and comics and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So actually, uh, one of my best friends is uh, comes to church with us. So Scott and uh, his wife Shelby, uh, they're probably my closest friends that I spend the most time with. Uh, mm-hmm. I tend to make friends from with people at church. I've had a couple of outings with uh, Donald and Alicia, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it just little things, little things like that. I don't. But anybody that isn't a part of the church, do oh, you, I, I do have friends outside of the church, but they're not. They're they're either other at other churches or things like that. I tend to I tend to hang most of my time with other Christians. If I'm honest. right. Do do you have anybody in your life that isn't a Christian? Depends. Do you mean by their profession or by their fruit? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, fruit, I guess. Yeah. So I, I've got some people in my life that are that are not. Seeking. There are some seekers. There are some people who are not yet bearing fruit. And then there are some people that are part of different religions. Like I've got some Catholic friends who I, I work with and I invest in. So right. I, I take friendship very seriously. So if I'm. I do too. If I'm being, if I'm, if I'm investing time, that's, that's one of my ways of showing love really. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I think I think it's important that we rub shoulders with people. But you know, I, I've heard a lot of pastors say, you know, hey, we've got to be friends with the world. I, I don't know that we we have to be friends necessarily. You know, in in that like our the people that our friends should be those that we support and they support us, and we're all shooting in the same direction. That's kind of like that whole equally yoked thing. I don't think unequally yoked is just about marriage. I think it's business. It's you know, friend, you know our best friends, whatever. But we we should certainly be strategic and have a lot of acquaintances that are not Christians. Uh, you know, they're not the ones who influence us. You know, we spend enough time to influence them. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, if there's if there's no rubbing shoulders with the world, we're never going to reach anybody. Right. Uh, well, but we have to be protective because the Bible says that, you know, if you, those who have friends with bad character can deal with bad character. Exactly. See, I don't really have time. I, I can't make new friends. So because... I, I, that's why I develop friendships with people in my church. I don't really, I mean, I'm friendly at the people I work with, but we don't do anything outside of work. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never done my that. My experiences have taught me to be very careful with people at work. Yeah. Very careful. Yeah. Like, I don't, I've worked with a lot of snakes in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't take anything outside of work. Um, work people stay at work. Friends at church, though I do things with outside of church, um, and probably because we're in the same yoke and like-minded, chasing the same exactly. Thing. Yeah. Um, we're chasing the same thing. They're not going to influence me and vice versa in a bad way. We're only going to lift each other up and and push us further in the right in the right way. So that's a good thing. One of the things I try to do is is use social media for positive. Like I'm connected to a lot of different Christian men's groups, and I try to support them with messaging and teachings and things like that. So yeah. it's 
it's one way to be active and and modern modern technology but i am i do have a couple of people that i've i've decided i'm investing into where i do spend a little more time with them um but i probably need to expand that more if i'm honest yeah i think the uh, a really good approach is just to realize that we can do it as we go as we go whoever you run into mm-hmm. whether it be a work whether it be you know it, again we can be strategic too i can if i'm yeah, now yeah, we were talking about this earlier if i'm going to go to a mechanic i'm going to go to a christian mechanic cuz i don't have money to waste on liars and thieves right. okay so there are some places that i'm going to go to a christian my my mechanic praise god is a christian <laughs> <laughs> well you know case in point i just helped a fellow church member out she was going to be charged they they wanted to charge her five hundred dollars for the part and plus labor for a vehicle well she's not really doing that great financially right now couldn't afford it so as a fellow church member i felt like we need to look out for each other right we need to you know we love our neighbors ourselves. well i want to be taken care of i want my fellow church members to be taken care of so i in order to love her as myself i'm like i need to put her in charge or put her in contact with my mechanic so i went and picked her vehicle up yesterday and I take it to my mechanic today. He, he texts me a picture and he shows me, he said, it's basically an O-ring. It's a 90 cent part <laughs> O-ring. And I said, but, but they were going to charge her 500. He goes, oh, well, yeah, if you change the whole assembly out, it's about 500 plus labor. But he said, I flipped the O-ring and you know, it seems to be perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so I tell her, I tell her that, and she's like, you know, I'm starting to question my mechanic. <laughs> yeah. So I say all that to say, yeah, you know, there's certain people you go to and you want Christians. Okay. But you can strategically pick your barber and where you, you know, where you, um, get your coffee and who does your nails. If you're a lady, I hope not. I am. I, hope I'm not I am my guys. barber. <laughs> See, I am too. And I'm actually, I've actually been considering that. I'm like, you know, I know I cut my own hair, but maybe I should just consider it's worth a few bucks to go make a relationship. But you know, and if it's not that it's something else, Hey, we all do business out in the world. Right. Um, and even if you can even do it in your neighborhood, I mean, you know, we all need a little exercise. We're in a very sedentary society. We sit all day. You need to go take a walk. You need to take your dogs for a walk, whatever. So make friends in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's something I've been kind of convicted about recently. I realized there's a lot of people walking in our neighborhood. So this last weekend, I just went out and just hung out in my yard for a while. I did like things. I did stuff that I needed to do, right? I mowed. I used my, my father's, I finally opened my father's day gift and power sprayed the sidewalk. But what I did is I just hung out there. And then every time somebody came by, strike up a relationship with them, you know, just say hi cute dog point the power sprayer at him Report, yeah exactly look i got something to tell you right. <laughs> You're gonna listen. you better listen <laughs> But, you know, and you start doing that and they start recognizing you before you know it. You got a little relationship and who knows where it's going to lead. So that's right. We'll see. Well, we got to move on. But good topic. Do you have anything to add before we move on? Songs of the week. Let's do it. All right. You know, we absolutely have to take videos. We, 
for those of you who are listening out there, just realize we are all doing the stupidest dances while that music is playing. <laughs> it's almost ridiculous. Uh, I can second that. Well, actually, in Nathan's defense, he was the only one not doing stupid dances right there. But Jason and I look pretty ridiculous. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so with that I, being said. I'll kick us off this week. So based on the messaging of, of, the, of the episode, I'm going to go with a casting crowns if we are the body. Not, not mercy me then. Not mercy me, no. <laughs> So no, it's Casting uh, Crowns. That's a great group. It's a, a great group and it's a good song where it's really talking about, hey, if, if we're supposed to be the the hands and the feet of Christ, why are we not doing these things? Mm. And uh, you, 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 really the only conclusion you can come to is maybe I'm not the hands and feet if I'm not doing these things. Right. And so take a listen to the song and, and uh, let it touch you. Let it speak to your heart. Let it help you recognize where we need to engage a little bit more. Well, for uh, my song this week, I'm going way back to the late 90s or late 80s, early 90s. And this song definitely is worth bringing back up. One of my favorite songs of the era. It's by a, a group called Jeff Moore in the Distance. And the song is called Evidence of God. And this song, I, I've actually done, uh, I've done a few concerts uh, where we, you know, where they were kind of outreach concerts. And I've always used this song because it really gets us to think, you know, and for those of you out there who may still be investigating claims of Christ and still wondering, you know, is there really a God? Um, these words speak directly to that. Uh, he says in the song, he says, I believe that William Shakespeare lived, though we never met. Because when I was 17, I read Romeo and Juliet. And I believe there was a man named Michelangelo because he left his mark in a chapel in the heart of Rome. Second verse, he says, as the potter shapes his clay, he leaves evidence. And our father does the same. His creation is evidence. That's how we can believe in a God we cannot see or hear or touch. If we will open our eyes, we'll see his work all around us. Every mountain, every valley, your creation, it surrounds me. Every breath I breathe, every heartbeat, every sunrise you gave to me these and so much more tell a story we cannot ignore the evidence of god right on and it's a kicking little tune so check it out i will okay mine is by a band i discovered on spotify just browsing the christian section um the christian section yeah <laughs> i'm picturing you in a store now <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of how it is this spotify virtual store the virtual store um planet shakers ah yeah, yeah i sent that. this to you yes um um, I forgot about them actually. No, I didn't know what to think. I, I found the album, I put it on and uh put it on my record player. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it the first song was very not what I expected. It was it was very um kind of punk ish. It, 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 it had a punk Do you know rock feel. See, I feel like they're like this worship band. I feel like they're from Britain. Oh, it could be. It, that's what it feels right, but I might be wrong. Yeah, and then that's and then as I listened to the rest of the record, I um it, it got more norm contemporary um worshipy, and it was all really good, really well done. Um, but the first song made me dance, and it's called "All for Love," and it says, uh, "All for love, our Savior came." gave his life and took my place and now I live for you and all we do will bring you praise will bring you praise whoa oh oh I'm living for your glory whoa oh oh cause you died to set me free and the love that you gave when you took my place for all the world to see you gave me everything you gave me everything and it was all for love yeah it's planet shakers right planet, planet shakers yeah planet sh okay that's what i thought it's one word okay. so yeah they are uh, actually from melbourne australia ah 
I was wrong. Yeah, they're a contemporary worship music band and the central part of Planet Shakers Church. Ah, in Melbourne, Australia. Interesting. I thought they were foreign. I just didn't. I didn't, didn't get it right. Yeah, they're a lot of fun though. Um, good, good stuff. I enjoyed many yeah. of their songs. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, final thoughts, Pastor. Well, as a matter of fact, I do have a final thought. And today's final thought comes to us from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and Matthew chapter 22, 36 through 40. And I think this dovetails quite nicely from our uh, our conversation tonight. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And then on to Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, which everyone knows probably by heart. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And so the final thought for this evening is this. Basically, out of these two verses, Jesus is telling us, guess what? If you don't know what to do, if you're not sure what the focus of your life should be, if you're not sure how to live as a Christ follower in the world, focus on loving God and loving your neighbors and love yourself and everything's going to fall into place. In fact, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13 basically tells us, Paul says, if you don't have love, you can do all these wonderful things. You can be this wonderful person, but if you don't have love, it all amounts to nothing. I would say this, for years we've been asking, what would Jesus do? We used to get those little wristbands, right? And, and remind ourselves, ask ourselves the question, what would Jesus Jesus do. I think maybe even a better way to approach is, is how would Jesus love in this situation? How would Jesus love if we can just focus all our day long on loving God and loving other people? We're going to be just all right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's my final thought for the day. Good stuff. Okay, folks, that's our show. Um, thanks for tuning in and uh, go to for the love of God podcast.com. Hit the red microphone and leave us a message. I check my voicemail daily and I have yet to get one. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to leave you a voicemail then. <laughs> <laughs> leave us a, uh, some words of encouragement. Um, or prayer, or a question, or a topic idea, anything. We'll play it on the air. Um, we'd love to hear back from you guys that are listening. So, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Follow us if you haven't. Share if you haven't. Share if you have. You have a great night. Thank you so much for tuning in. And with that, say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, Nate. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody.